What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Music Corner, Rift It Awaits. I'm And I'm Sebastian. And today is it. The final 2023 album review week. Woo! Uh, yeah. It's it. It's done. 2023 is basically over. Um, like I said, there'll be a couple albums that we do, though, uh, per usual, when we get to the best of episodes. Only, like, one or two, just to keep it short and sweet, but cover the popular album releases of December. You know, got to account for that a little bit, at least. At least that's what we do here. Um, Trent could have be here, could have make it. No worries, though. The show goes on. Um, and, yeah, honestly, this is it. And then... The next three weeks, boom, 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 get your best and worst right here at the Music Corner. Um, so yeah, let's start it out with a new album here from Lil Lotus, Nosebleeder. Uh, yeah, this is, I guess, the second album from this artist, Lil Lotus. Previously, an emo rapper kind of thing, little sad bitch boy emo rap type genre um, <clears throat> uh, that he started out with. And then just decided to switch it up to pop punk for his studio album releases, which I was like, what's new, Scooby-Doo? I mean, shit, every goddamn artist who is like starting out as a rapper, an emo rapper specifically, always seems to go down this route of going pop punk then and just sticking with the pop punk despite not really seeing much growth at all, mainly after the first album, Um, which, yeah, you know. It is what it is. Um, what's interesting though about Lil Lotus is that he actually does also have a side project. Um, what do you want to call it? I guess like metalcore, post-hardcore band called If I Die First. That's actually a collab project of other emo rappers, including Lil Zubin. Never heard of him. Uh, the guitarist from First to Last, Travis Richter. And Ghostmane uh, as uh, backing band musicians. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's Ghostmane backing band musicians. Uh, so the, the guys who play with Ghostmane. That actually would have been cool if oh, it was okay. Ghostmane. I know, I got really hyped for that too. I'm like, wait, what? I didn't know about this until now, but after reading it, I see. Um, but yeah, still pretty cool. Uh, that band, they're not too bad also. They did a collab EP with uh, CU Space Cowboy. That was kind of cool. Um, and uh, that that was kind of, you know the end of how much I cared about <laughs> that sort of band. They haven't really done anything since though, but that was only in 2021, um, which was the year that he released his debut album, Little Lotus's Error Boy, which was uh, just, you know, came out at the right time with the whole pop punk boom that was going on a little late in the year, kind of like at the back end of it all. Um, so in terms of like, excuse me, popularity, for the album, I uh, didn't really see it that much, and uh, it kind of shows, because that one was just so generic and basic and bland all around. You know how it goes. The instrumentals are pretty fine, uh, but vocally and lyrically, you're like, get the fuck out of here. Especially with the one song off that album, um, I think it's called Fake Love, where like, He's literally just being for two minutes straight the most misogynic, the most misogynistic piece of shit I've ever like witnessed within a song. I think because it's not like one lyric that's like really misogynistic. It's like the whole fucking song, and I'm like, oh my god, like it's it's so what? Like hold on, I actually now I have to pull up the lyrics on Fake Love, Little Lotus because he says some shit on there. I'm just like, 
Dude, chill. <laughs> it's kind of sus. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna front. Dude, have you heard it? Or did you look up the lyrics? Yeah. Just <laughs> what does he say? He's like, uh, I'm so sick of always calling you up. Now you're screaming on the phone because I don't call you enough. Baby, this is toxic, but you're calling it love. I know you hate to be alone, but I ain't picking you up. <laughs> Dude, I've I've at least known like five people like that, but like those people were in high school, so hopefully they've matured by now. And this like, dude is not like, sure about Little Lotus. <laughs> this dude's 29! Like, grow the fuck up, bro. Holy shit. So that's kind of been the introduction for him for me. And now going into Nosebleeder. It's really no different at all than the debut album. It is worse, I would say, in the sense that there's absolutely no growth or any sort of, you know, playing around with things with the genre. You know, because, like, nothing nowhere, for the biggest example I can give right here, who I still praise as being one of the best ones to go from the emo rap to pop-punky rock metal sort of thing, um, he was able to make that pop punk album that had like emo rap influence and a little bit of metal with uh, Trauma Factory back in 2021. And then um, this year, actually, I forgot it came out this year. He came out with that one album. I forgot the name of it. I was not really a big fan, but he went kind of full on metal. And while I didn't like it that much, it was still proof of his growth, his, you know, creativity. He wanted to try something different, but also still keep to that similar sound ish. Uh, but just go a little bit harder with it. Little Lotus, he just fucking he he pulled a mod son basically with like back to back album sequences and just went you know the same route of you know uh, emo pop punk you know sad bitch boy you're my girl we're gonna abuse each other but it's okay because we we love each other kind of thing and I'm so fucked up these drugs aren't helping type of thing you you know that meme anyway. This album is a 5 out of 10. There's nothing memorable about it at all. It's like 39 minutes, and I don't remember a single goddamn thing about it other than him bitching and complaining. So that's it for me. Just a little, yeah, little science story and a quick review. That's all you get from me with this album. Um, but Sebastian, take it away. Uh, speaking of misogyny, uh, I don't really care about this album. I listened to it. I was going into it with an expectation that... Maybe, just maybe, this would be a pop-punk album that would be at least tolerable in the singing aspect, in the production aspect, in the lyrical content, just anything, and honestly, I didn't get any of that, so um, my expectations were subverted. I would, I wish I could say they were subverted in a good way. Uh, this is just not very good. Singing is basic, it's very bratty, it's very moody, it's very uh, bitchy. It's the kind of stuff you like, I, if you like this kind of stuff. I don't care for it myself, I just don't really see much of an appeal when you have like 20 other singers that do the exact same thing uh, the exact same way. Speaking of one of those 20 other singers, you got Modson on this album with the first song. And, uh, yeah, it's serviceable. He is on pitch. That's about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the gal singers on here as well, they do a serviceable job. You know, it's just, it's very toxic. I don't care about this type of music anymore. It's not, I'm not going to say there's nothing good that came from it. Obviously, we're pretty big fans of, like, Maggie Lindemann and stuff, but, like, Shut there's up, just Maggie. not... 
I, I just feel like this genre is getting a little bit more bankrupt, uh, bankrupt as the trend is dying out more and more. And I kind of hope it dies out or gets a good fresh coat of paint that's going to really distinguish it and help it grow because it just it's not it's not good. Uh, this is a three out of ten. I wish I could tell you more about it. On it, well, honestly, I don't wish I can tell you more about it. It's just it's a bad album. If you like this kind of stuff, you might enjoy this. If you like Mod Sun, if you like um, what's his name? Not uh, uh God, what's his name? I, I I forgot his name, but the guy that uh, he made like an album like two years ago that was like on my worst list. Uh, I already forgot him. It was pop punk MGK. No, not pop, not MGK. Obviously, I know MGK. Right. But if you, Neil's to say, if you like that kind of stuff, if you like MGK, if you like your mod son, check this out. But if you don't like it, you're not going to get anything out of this. I sure as hell didn't. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you at all. I, I don't try to think which like album you we were thinking of too. But I mean, hey, if if you can't remember it now, it was that forgettable. Oh, Swaco. Oh, last year, Swaco. I, I kept yeah. my my mind was saying Sneeko, and I'm like, no, that's a different <laughs> type of bitch boy. No, like, what's like <laughs> different bitch boy? Different bitch boy that doesn't make pop punk though. <laughs> Makes yeah. just shitty rap, if anything. Oh man, just, yeah. What are you gonna do, man? The, the genre is already dead, so like, don't keep beating the dead horse. That's all. That's all. Yeah. But um, yeah, there you have it. Moving along, though, got a new album here from Kurt Vile, Back to Moon Beach. Sebastian, take it away. This one is a bit better, at least for me. Um, I, I've i heard Kurt Vile in the past. It's very folky. Think like Nick Drake or like Bob Dylan just like plugged in a bit more. You know, it's very gruff in the vocals, but that's the aesthetic of the genre. Don't expect going into this thinking you're going to hear something like a Chris Stapleton. Oh, wait, I might have spoiled something later. Oops. But, uh, you know, it's it's very folky. It's very rustic sounding. Um, It has a lot of moments of just like, you know, philosophy strewn in there as well. There's a lot of good lyricism. It's not my it's not something that I'm gonna really like come back to a lot this year, but I'm very happy that it was included nonetheless because I feel like Kurt Vile is definitely a sleeper artist that a lot of people aren't really like giving a lot of good time compared to like something like a Phoebe Bridgers or any other type of singer, songwriter, folky kind of thing. Um honestly, if you are I'll give a good recommendation. If you want to go further into that kind of thing, if you are into that Phoebe Bridgers or Taylor Swift's folklore, anything like that, definitely check this out. This is a little bit more rustic. It's not as wealth and fine-tuned, but I feel like this kind of services the genre as a whole while keeping something fresh and new. Uh, it, like I said, it's it's not like perfect by any means. There's a couple of tracks that are a little bit more forgettable. Uh, honestly, I did not really care for the title track. That was probably the ones I didn't. The, probably the one I didn't care about as much. Uh, and then also must be Santa. I feel like that was like the other one that's like a huge skip on this album. <laughs> I it, it's it's a fucking Christmas song. That's it. It's all it is. It it doesn't change it. It's not like a twist or anything. It's literally just a fucking Christmas song. And um, yeah, you don't you don't need it. Like, <laughs> I, I'm just genuinely surprised the song was on this album. Sorry, I, I totally forgot about it until I was looking at the track listing here. 
I was looking at like, yeah, Back to Moon Beach. It was it was kind of like, eh. But then I saw, uh, then I saw the Must Be Santa, and I got really like, I just got like this like PTSD almost from watching. I, think I got triggered. <laughs> yeah, I was not a not a fan of that. Uh, but overall, the album is way better despite those two songs being lackluster in my mind. Uh, it's got a lot of really cool, just like guitar passages, a lot of arpeggiating parts to it. It's just a beautiful album. I, I wouldn't say it's something that's like groundbreaking or revolutionary, but it moves the genre forward in a sense that it's familiar, but also pretty new ground traveling here. So I'm gonna give this one a seven out of 10. Nice. Yeah. Um, for me, Kurt Vile is just somebody who I'm still, like, you know, I guess kind of trying to familiarize myself with even more. Uh, on the side, last year, I listened to his one album. Uh, I forget the name of it specifically, but I remember I didn't hate it, you know. I was actually, like, it was kind of chill for the most part because he does have a really soothing, deep voice that, like, you know, it, 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 it it's just nice to listen to, you know. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing groundbreaking. It's just, you know, some... Some good old-fashioned folk, you know? That's that's how I see it. Um, for this one, though, I don't know, man. I just thought it would be a little bit more interesting to a degree, but, like, I it really was not, you know, my full forte, I guess, at the end of the day. I don't really remember much from it other than, you know, that Santa song, and I was like, oh, Christ, kind of thing, you know? I was like... Yeah, yeah, this, this this might as well happen. Might as well <laughs> ruin my day here. But um, no, it was still like it was fine at the end of the day. I think I ended up giving it like you know like a six out of ten. Like it is what it is, sort of thing with that. But I'm not um, yeah, I'm I'm just not like the biggest Kurt Vile fan. Period. So that kind of shows there. But uh, yeah, that's all I had really. I really don't have anything to say about that album. I was kind of shocked when I looked into it and I saw that this album was like an EP. But, like, it's 51 minutes, so I'm like, no, this is an album. I'm not even listening to this. This is a fucking album. Like, fuck off, internet. Um, but anyway, yeah, moving along. Uh, new album here from Silent Planet, Super Bloom. Uh, this is the fifth album from Silent Planet, and I'm pretty sure this is, like, one of three albums today that are the fifth album for each of these artists. And this is the first one actually, uh, which is just kind of crazy and ironic, but Hey, look at that. Um, silent planet. Yes. We have talked about them, uh, at least once on the podcast. Uh, they had that album in when was that? Yeah. 2021, uh, iridescent, which I remember was like a pretty goddamn heavy album for their sake, you know, like, it was probably, like, one of my favorites of theirs in, like, a minute kind of thing, you know? Um, I didn't mind when the end began. It actually had some bangers on there, but all around it wasn't, like, that memorable. Ear Does It, though, was a little bit more memorable for me. Uh, it's, like, you know, your typical metalcore sound for sure, but they kind of have this very, I would say, somewhat of a dark atmospheric vibe to it that really makes it different from most metalcore bands. Um, and with this new album here, it seemed like they were really going to expand on that at least to me. And I thought they were going to go into a way different direction with this one. I thought it was going to be for some reason, a little bit more electronic. I thought it was going to be a little bit less, um, less traditional metalcore sounding really at the end of the day. But, um, 
while it is my favorite of the week because it did still sound really good and was very consistent, ah, it, it just had an unfortunate like downside to it of like moments of weak mixing, I would say. And then like, you know, let down moments of like not really adding much diversity within, you know, their catalog. I mean, they have a, it seemed like really all that this album was, was just kind of to introduce them with this new look, you know, this new gimmick, I guess you could say, um, which is cool. I mean, they, it kind of has a darker aesthetic, which is, you know, unique from a band that was really known as being like a Christian metalcore type band. Uh, you can kind of tell that they're, it, it seems like kind of tiptoeing away from that a little bit, which, hey, that's, that's a-okay too, you know, do what you gotta do. Um... But, I mean, yeah, that, that was the only thing that really, like, kind of brought it down a bit for me. But there were still some banging songs on here. Like, Off-Worlder, Collider, Euphoria, the single Antimatter was awesome, uh, Nexus. That's some good tracks on here. It's still a solid album. It's still an 8 out of 10 for me. Um, in terms of the week, like I said, it is somewhat my favorite of the week. But, like, you know... I think in retrospect that there are far better albums in the, both the genre and from Silent Planet themselves. Not really much else to say with it, though. Uh, but yeah, Sebastian. I thought this album was pretty serviceable as well. Um, it's nothing I haven't heard before. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> These are good bands, okay? I would never skip seeing them live. We have seen I've them seen... live. <laughs> right. I've seen them live, like, I think, like, three times now. Oh, damn. I think. Yeah, just from, like, you know, different headliners and stuff for them opening or just being a part of the lineup. I've seen them three times, and honestly, they have been good every time. I just don't think this album is really that unique in the grand scheme of things. Uh, the cleans are pretty good, I would say. It's just it's just a little bit too over-processed for me in the metal category. I wish it was a little bit heavier. wish it was a little bit more rough around the edges, I guess, just for, like, just some of the lyrics versus how it sounded. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this genre is also bankrupt, and it's hard to see any big standouts, but... We just might get that today, so stay tuned. Uh, for right now, this one is a 6.5 out of 10. Hell yeah. All right, moving along. We got a new album here also from Beartooth. Speaking of genre bands and metalcore and all that good shit, with their album, The Surface. Sebastian, take it away. Y'all thought I was going to hate this. <laughs> well look at me now because i don't hate it i really like it um i i thought this was going to be a bland just really pop driven metal album just based on what i've heard from group chats and stuff and everybody was mad about it i'm not i'm not in that i'm not in that group don't associate me with those people okay i like this a lot this is, like, the perfect combination of, like, mixing of, like, pop vocals and metal I've ever heard. Not ever, sorry. Uh, just, <laughs> I would say this year. I would say definitely this year. It's just, it's so good sounding. It's so, uh, it's honestly just, like, a really fucking good combination of things. It even goes the alternative. I swear to God, I know this guy was in Attack Attack. So he had to get Johnny Frank in the studio. He had to. 
Like I like Caleb was probably like, "Hey, oh Johnny, I'm working on this album, and I heard you're really good at the alternative. Can you show me how?" And I I feel like that's I feel like that's how he made some of these songs because there's no way in hell that Bill Murray did not have a hand in helping out. I I, <laughs> I, I refuse. I refuse. And maybe if he didn't, maybe I feel like Caleb was like listening to like all gas no breaks. Like I mean, to be fair, Hardy himself was on the track. You know. That's what I'm saying. Like it just it was so good. Honestly. Uh Hardy did a great job on his track, The Better Me. Uh the album starts really well. It just it's so good. I mean the screaming vocals are just they're mixed like pop vocals, but they do the screaming justice. It's not over-processed. It doesn't sound like it's computer-generated. It sounds like a band that is mixing these genres. It doesn't sound like it was haphazardly thrown together. And, like, as much as I enjoyed, like, the Sleep Token album and stuff, I I like mixing like this a little bit more for something like this because it reminds me a lot more of, like, something like A Day to Remember and stuff and that's like the kind of pop with like breakdowns that i like at least um because caleb has a really good clean vocal and i honestly would have not expected it to go this hard honestly uh another cool feature i would have liked to see on the track and this is not even like a nitpick or anything i just would like to see landon tours on here i feel like he could oh, have absolutely added, like yeah, like, I just, based on how the album sounded, especially with some of the acoustic cuts, like, Sunshine and stuff, like, it's so good. Also, this is positive. This is so, so positive. That's why I, that's why I'm in, like, such a big suspension of disbelief that Johnny Frank wasn't on this, because this is, like, some of the most positive, uplifting, heavy shit at the same time. And, like, you can't tell me that somebody was not cranking a hog in that production studio. You can't tell me that someone forgot to wipe their ass during the recording of this. Because, like, <laughs> I'm telling you, there has to be something. I'm sorry. Like, I'm, like, I'm, like, a JFK conspiracy guy right now with this album. Because, like, I'm just, I'm in such disbelief. It's so good. Um, you might, you, you're going to hear some shit about this. Like all the, all the metal guys are going to be like, oh, this is, this is like, this is stupid shit. This is pussy fucking... shit. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, you're going to hear some of that, but I'm telling you right now, if you like Sleep Token, if you like Bill Murray, you know what? If you only heard Sleep Token, cause Bill Murray's not even that popular right now. If you've listened to Sleep Token and you want more of that, like genre blending, check out this. Please, and please, for the love of God, check out Bill Murray. Please. Um, yeah, this album comes in 37 minutes as well. It's super tight. The track listing is super fucking great. Uh, I wouldn't, I'm not going to go as far as to give this, like, a 10 or anything like that, because it's not perfect by any means. Like, there are some forgettable tracks in the mix, but for the ones that are really good, those, those tracks themselves are, like, 10 out of 10 tracks. I, I just really, really like the sound of this album. I really like the direction the band is going on here. It just, it sounds, even though it's not, like, a new sound, they are doing such a good job at just making this wheel and this machine run so fucking well. And I, I just have to commend them for doing something this bold and sticking with it and making it sound this fucking good. Uh, I'm going to give this one an 8 out of 10. Hell yeah. Um, I was honestly going into this album a little bit with low expectations because when I 
saw what the band was doing singles wise, um, it kind of got me into this mode of like, uh oh, they're gonna go like they're gonna go pop rock kind of thing on us, aren't they? And usually when a band does that, it's it's a huge gamble, I would say. Uh, considering that like there's been bands in the past who have done that, it didn't really work out. They kind of never really recovered, or they somewhat did, but they weren't really up there as to uh, how they were in their prime. You know, um, they, what they did here is kind of like what a day to remember did in 2021 with your welcome, an album that I actually did really enjoy to my wildest surprise. Um, and you know, it, it's cool to see for sure, but it's just a bit of a gamble. And considering I didn't like the singles with the surface here, I was kind of like going in, like I said, with the low expectations. Although Riptide was a banger, hence why it was like one of my top songs of 2022. That song is fucking awesome. And nothing's going to take that away from that. That's just like a beautiful, it is beautifully done song that really shows how much Caleb has changed as a person. Um, I mean, the song really like... it's basically saying like, hey, I don't want to be talking about like, you know, being sad anymore. I'm a happy guy now. Like, here I am. This is who I am. So it's like, awesome. We love to see that kind of growth. Um, In terms of the album, though, yes, this is very diverse for the style of, you know, ju- like style of music that Beartooth is typically known for. Um, You got tracks on here that are a little on the metalcore side. You got tracks that are a little on the rockier side. Um, Some, like, poppy, clean vocals thrown around in the mix there. Obviously, the little dash of country going on with the the better me with Hardy on there. A song that I really wasn't big with because, I mean, in my defense, I have heard better scene bands do the country style. Biggest example I could say, Issues with their song Young and Dumb is still wildly impressive with how good of a blend of country and post-hardcore slash metalcore that song does. It's just chef's kiss right there with that one specifically. If you haven't heard it or that album, which was, uh, why am I blank? I'm hard blanking on that album name right now. Headspace. There we go. There we go. Headspace. Definitely worth checking out as well as well as their other albums too, but Headspace for this case, definitely worth checking out. Back to this album, though. Um, bangers on this one still for sure, which was a big shock as well. Um, other than, like, Riptide, you got the title track, The Surface, Doubt Me, What's Killing You, What Are You Waiting For, My New Reality and I Was Alive, that were, like, all my favorites on here. It was kind of, like, a little bit more than half of the album was pretty solid, but there were definitely some down points, like I said, with The Better Me wasn't too big with i did not like the two singles might love myself and sunshine personally those felt a little too poppy for my likings um and then look the other way i I recall i think that was like one of the slower ones but i don't think that one was bad necessarily it just wasn't one that like you know i could reminisce more on personally but the ones i listed previously are definitely worth checking out as well as this whole album i mean it really just shows like how much beartooth has come and since you know the days of fucking disgusting you know like that being the debut to now a whole near 10 years and they just continue to prove and prove time and again that they like you know they still got it in them and it's kind of cool too to see this also considering that in 2021 when we reviewed below that felt like such a it was a good album but it felt so basic and so generic like every song sounded the same it felt just like you know like uh 
like they were just kind of like trying to play it safe for the sake of the radio play sort of thing, you know, but I mean, hey, I respect getting the bag. You got to do what you got to do, but your work's going to show for it, you know, at the end of the day. And this one, while it's still, I don't think, I don't think the surface is like my favorite Beartooth album. I think out of all of them, it's probably my least favorite of the bunch. It's still a solid listen. I give it a 7.5. It's definitely worth checking out just to see too, like where they are now, I would say. Um, but yeah, there you have it. Moving along though, we got a new album from Chris Stapleton. Higher. Chris Stapleton, baby. This is the, uh, I forgot to mention too with Beartooth, that was also a fifth studio album. And so is Chris Stapleton with his fifth studio album. Uh, yeah, it's country. Yeah, it's me listening to country. That's not blend. That's not blend. It happens usually. <laughs> We've done it a couple times though this year. Um, and unfortunately, uh, it's still with this specifically, it, it still doesn't really do it for me. Not bad sounding by any means. It was actually kind of like, I would say relaxing while working and listening to this, you know, it's very much a doing something while listening to this kind of album, which is not bad by any means. Um, it's just something that I don't have any recollection of what anything sounded like. Um, it was just chill for the most part. Um, I'm really just going to keep that short and sweet, honestly. There's nothing else I really want to say about this album other than the fact that, hey, if you like country, you're going to like this album. And if you don't like country, hey, maybe you can give it a shot and see if this will be your gateway because that's possible, you know? But uh, for me, nah, it's just going to be a uh, 6.5, though, out of 10. Still pretty high, I would say, definitely, for uh, a country album, I would say. I mean, because, like, you know, like I said, it's not bad by any means there's nothing wrong with this album it's just not something i typically go to but i still respect chris stapleton and what he did here with the album and like yeah that's that's kind of it man that's just, that's all i got but hey check it out if you want to uh sebastian though so let's go out and let's make our escape sorry i i saw the album is called higher so <laughs> oh, <hi>. um <laughs> yeah so this album i was thinking i was gonna like a lot more than i did this is not a bad album by any means i'm just prefacing that because i've listened to a lot better country this year with that zach bryan album uh wink wink nudge nudge uh perhaps check out the next couple episodes here in december because we're gonna be uh dropping some heat to say the least but <laughs> speaking of heat um, Chris Stapleton has probably still one of the best voices, best writing, best pretty much everything in the folk new age country game. Dude is very sultry with his uh very sultry with his voice, very just beautiful with his writing chops. He does a great job. I just feel like this is a very average, just run of the mill album from him. You know, similar to something he would do with, like, Steeler's Wheel or just by himself. It's not very challenging for him. He still has some tracks on here that are pretty nice. I like South Dakota quite a bit. Um, it Takes a Woman is also a pretty damn good song as well. Uh, obviously, Chris Stapleton, he's a pretty progressive guy. And I feel like he truly does 
you know, support and love the women in his life. I mean, hell, when I've seen him in concert, dude brings his wife with him every time to do backup vocals. And that's that's some that's some crazy shit. You know, it, it, the white stripes couldn't even keep that up. Uh, so, yeah, it's like it's it's cool. I I wish this album had a lot more. I don't know, had a lot more emotional moments that hit me the same because like starting over was one of the best albums I heard of. I think it was like 2020. Was it? Uh, yeah, 2020. And uh, that album made me like cry like a couple of times. It's a fucking beautiful, amazing album. And to follow it up with this is not saying like, oh my God, this is so bad or anything like that. It's just, it's really hard to try to top that album in particular. And I think Chris Stapleton is not really trying to do that, trying to just kind of go back to his stomping ground, trying to do something familiar, but also a little bit more bluesy at the same time. Uh, obviously, if y'all know what Chris Stapleton does, you're going to get that on this album. If you don't know what he does, if you listen to shit like Morgan Wallen or anything like that, I would recommend taking a spin with Chris Stapleton because I feel like the dude has some of the best like country lyricism, vocals, and just everything in the game. And he's definitely not slowing down. Just This is just not as good of an album as his other stuff um but yeah if you like that if you like that southern twinge you know definitely check this out uh zach bryan if you also like that album definitely check this one out as well it's a it's another good one to add to your repertoire it's pretty cool um yeah it's pretty much all i could say it is a longer winded album at 54 minutes not the longest out there ain't no two hour morgan wallen album though yeah, right, right. At least it's not something like that. But, like, if you can sit through the whole Morgan Wallen album, you can definitely sit through this. <laughs> uh, it's like going from, like, a Michael Bay Transformers film to, like, a uh, short, like, I don't know, like, artsy film. But right. uh, it's 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 good. Um, I'm going to give this one a 7.5 out of 10. It's still really good, just definitely nothing too crazy or groundbreaking for Chris Stapleton. Hell yeah, there you have it. Well, moving along to the final album of the day, uh, a bit of surprise for a lot of us here, I would say, um, as we have a new album from Fetty Wap with King Zoo, the trap queen man himself, Sebastian, started out. So, Fentanyl Wapperton here. He <laughs> is doing the damn thing. And he is doing it super well. Um, I'm not going to front. It's not my favorite Fetty project ever. But to see him, to hear him, it's just, it's good, man. It's, it's, it's what you expect. It's very, it's very just R&B soaked trap. It's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> you know, you got, you got all the shit you want from a Fetty album. I'm sorry I'm not super descriptive this week, but it's by the numbers. He's doing it well. He is striking on all, all fours here. Like, he's just going. He's just not, he's not holding back here. Um, I would say my biggest issue is, like, Definitely, it could have been shortened. It could have been more uh, concise with the track listing here. And I've said that quite a bit this year. But if this was like a couple tracks shorter, it would definitely land in my top 50. But as of right now, I'm I'm happy that Fetty Wap is coming in like this and really doing his best. Uh, obviously, free Fetty uh, just for this <laughs> album. Just it's It's clear. 
he's still he still got it. Just <laughs> you know, whatever charges they were, just free him. It's okay. Drop it's, them. Like, just Drop make, like, <laughs> no matter how bad they were, you know, whatever they are, just just drop them. It's like he he made a good album. He doesn't need it to be incarcerated now. Like that's isn't that the legal system after all? Like you make a one good album, you're released for good. Like come on, I let mean, Fetty shit. go. Let him go. <laughs> like <laughs> so, uh, it's a good album. I don't really have much to say. I honestly was thinking this was like a better version of like the Don Tolliver album from this year. It's like that just like really good like trap vocals, but like a serenading type of thing. And it just I don't know, man. Fetty just knows how to fucking handle his shit when it comes to uh, this type of music. Like I, I always think that Fetty's just going to like keep releasing the same thing over and over again. But he just finds a little ways to just reinvent himself that really help with the album. Uh, Koi Ray, surprisingly enough, did a really good job on this with 1738. Uh, I was pretty happy with that. Um, yeah, Celebration, pretty good as well. It's just like, there's a lot of good stuff. Uh, Sweet Yams at the at the end. Oh my god, I, I love that one. I was sitting there, I'm like, Fetty, why did you do this? Y- you didn't have to. <laughs> it's like Busta with the... <laughs> and I don't, I don't think these these guys know how much of a meme some of these things are. Like, it's just, I think it's just like the internet has ruined me because I'm chronically online. <laughs> but like, when I, when I heard that like Busta Rhymes song with the, oh, oh yeah, like, with the, the, Paradise, yeah. I, I started laughing so hard. It's not even a funny song. It's just the beat itself <laughs> just made me laugh because I've heard it so <gasps> many times. I just think of like Mega Mind and shit. <laughs> Um, and then this one, you got the fucking uh, sweet yams, and I just think of like I just think of Badlands chugs. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just I, like I said, the internet has ruined me. So I I'm sorry. It's not Fetty Wap's fault. Like if you fault me for that, viewers out there, if you fault me for this, it's okay. I accept it. Okay, but I cannot hear this song without thinking of Badlands chugs. So <laughs> I can't. This song comes on, you're like, don't touch that mouse. You're watching Badlands, Chugs. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but you, have you seen those memes, though, of, like, Badlands Chugs, like, like slurping down beverages, but, like, slow modes with this, with the, like, can I get to the yams, you know, in the background? <laughs> no! Dude, they're what? almost like thirst trap videos, but it's like... <laughs> <laughs> no way! It's so good. I... No I, I hope I can find them. I'll send them to, to you if I can find them. Because it's like the one where he's drinking the um the shamrock shake out of a boot. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Like, it was that video, and he was, like, slurping it down. It had, like, the, like, polish-looking filter on it. And it, like, had, like, it gave him, like, rosy cheeks, and it had the song. It was so... Oh, dude, the, the internet. I hate the internet, but I love it at the same time. Uh, getting, to, getting back to King Zoo. <laughs> Sorry, I had to, I had to mention one of my favorites out there in the game right now. Uh, yeah, this album, it just it's just a good return to form, and I definitely think this might be my favorite like trap soaked R and B album of the year. Uh, please let me eat my words because I'm probably gonna find out in my top fifty that I have like two other albums I really liked. But yeah, this is uh this is good. Seven point five out of ten. Come back, Fetty. We miss you. We miss you, Fetty.
Um, yeah, so I, before listening to this album, I thought it would only be appropriate for me to actually listen in, to actually listen to the self-titled album, the Trap Queen album, you know, hey, what's up, hello kind of deal. Uh, excuse me. I I had never listened to the full album prior, so I was like, all right, I want to get you like you know familiarized with who really is Fentanyl Whopper, you know, in the music business. And I did. I found out who he was, and uh, you know, there's also some songs on there that I was like, oh shit, I totally forgot that this song existed, kind of thing. Um, I'm trying to find it actually now. What what I know I I know I saved it. Where the fuck is it? Hold on. Hold on. I'm looking at my Spotify and I'm like, you know, looking for the goddamn Fetty Wap. Yeah, there it is. I don't know why it wasn't there. Um, I like I totally forgot about um my way. The baby won't you come my way. I'm like, oh shit, this one. Dude, fucking banger. Oh my god. Straight so fire, hard. dude. All I'm saying. He that and then again was on there, and I was like, oh my god, I I completely forgot about some of these songs. Yeah. And like I know it's mentioned every day of life, but Trap Queen is like one of the greatest trap songs of all time. Like it's, I it's true. I I vouch for that. <laughs> Like it's just it's such a it's such a feel good song. It is the hey ya of our generation. <laughs> it's the hey ya. Because honestly, I can get down with that. I can actually respect that. A like lot. I'm gonna, I, you bet your ass, I'm gonna play this at my wedding. Like I'm gonna play this at my fucking wedding. You're playing this as you walk out, you know. With <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna play that with my crunk playlist as well. <laughs> You know, a lot of people would cr- like cringe at the fact of having like a metal wedding. You know what I mean? And like, you're like, oh, let's do like a pit kind of thing at the wedding. But like, who is going to cringe at a crunk themed wedding? Unfun no. people. Unfun yeah. people. Would. Yeah, I'm gonna be drinking out of like my fucking like pimpoline cup. Dude, okay, I was gonna say while, if you don't like... have lean as your drink options at your wedding, oh, <laughs> dude. It's a punch bowl full. Like it's at least at bare minimum. Like everyone's getting Zod. Do we get do we get obnoxiously large like clock chains too <laughs> as the like gifts for everybody? <laughs> um I, I might do that, but I'm also thinking about having like one with like the Puerto Rican flag on it, just so I can like keep it classy, you know, just for the in-laws and stuff. You, you don't want to make it too crazy. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the older ones, they're not gonna get it. They're not gonna understand why everybody is looking so no. goddamn crunk. But, but when Granny comes in and she hears Trap Queen, you know she's gonna ditch the walker and start like moving the hips that don't work anymore. You, you know, know she you know she's gonna walk up and be like, Hey, what's up? Hello, seen your fine ass as soon as you came to the door. So I get yeah. it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. But oh my <laughs> We're just planning out an amazing ass wedding right here, man. If anyone wants to steal the idea, I mean, go ahead, but don't forget who you who don't forget who told you. Don't forget who told you about this. Yeah, don't don't forget your uh, don't forget your influences, okay? <laughs> like when you're when you're having your crunk wedding, just think of me. Just remember, we walked so you could sprint to the finish line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, so after listening to that album, I was actually kind of excited to hear this one. I think it was the the fact that I wasn't expecting it to be as like you said, like an R and B trap kind of album because i think i would have enjoyed this a hell of a lot more if that was the case but uh alas i really wasn't finding myself enjoying this album that much 
I find it a little bit corny too that he kept mentioning Trap Queen like in a few of the songs. Like there's like two songs I remember like there were lyrics of just saying Trap Queen. And, like she's my Trap Queen still or some shit like that. I'm like... But she still is. <laughs> I mean, at least she still is. I'm glad. I'm very happy for Fentanyl Whopper. But like at the same time, I'm just like... <laughs> I'm like, I don't need to hear this all the time now though. You know what I mean? Because it's like... It's like the equivalent of like... um To me... The uh, baby mentioning baby on baby on his album baby on baby two you know like it's like okay yeah we, we we get it like you know you already made a song about this on baby on baby as the title track we don't need to mention baby on baby again you know like but is it trap queen though that's like that's the that's the difference here <laughs> <laughs> i have to remember that i'm 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 talking here with a with a crunk enthusiast so i gotta watch what i say <laughs> Yeah, you gotta watch yourself, okay? <laughs> don't want, don't like come out of your house today, bro. <laughs> you might get Sorry, a, I'll stop. I'll stop. You're like you might get a face splashed full of lean. And yeah. Smack you, you with my clock, some, dude. I got three booty bitches waiting outside your door right now. Like we're ready to come in. I'm, I'm, I'm quaking, dude. I'm quaking in my boots. Um, but yeah, so with the album itself, I mean, it was like, it was smooth. It was, I mean, it was kind of funny, you know, with the yams, of course. And, um, like, it was just cool to see an album from Fetty Wap to be released in, like, in the year. But at the same time for me, it just really didn't hold up. I gave it a 6 out of 10, unfortunately. I didn't hate it, hate it. I just thought... It could have been a little bit better. I was hoping for those bangers, though. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want the R&B stuff. I wanted the trap bangers. I wanted to see who Trap Queen is. I wanted Chap Trap Queen 2 Electric Leanaloo, all right? I wanted that shit in my face. But that would have been album of the year. That would have been album of the decade, my guy. Like, yeah. I would have not even... We, I would have retired the music corner and just said, <laughs> hey, Trap Queen 2 Electric Leanaloo. Go listen to it. Goodbye, guys. Yeah. <laughs> signing yeah, off for life. Signing off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like, no, man. It, 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 it just didn't hold up for me, but it's definitely still worth checking out. Absolutely. Fetty Wap, free my boy. He ain't do nothing. Maybe he did something. I don't know, but he made Trap Queen. You can't be mad yeah, at a guy who justified. made Trap Queen. <laughs> it's justified. I mean, when you make that shit, you got to go hard. I'm pretty sure he was actually, like, arrested and imprisoned for, like, I thought it was like assault or some shit like that. Not like a I, sexual assault, but like actual like gun gun violence. I didn't know if it was that or like racketeering. One second, uh, uh, he, uh, one second here has been received multiple copy. Okay, so it's been multiple copyright infringement, defamation, property damage, and assault. And it was a uh, but, but he made trap queen. <laughs> He was subsequently charged with drunk driving, reckless endangerment, aggravated unlicensed operation of a motor vehicle, illegally changing lanes, and drag racing. Do you guys not listen to his music? Do you expect say, anything different? <laughs> I was going to say, holy shit, he is just living his music videos. <laughs> he is! And like, you know, I mean, I don't endorse it, but I gotta respect it, because, hey. Yeah, he's, that is the most on-brand shit. <laughs> He's literally living up to his name and brand. He is like, Fetty Wap. Like, obviously, you know, I do not condone actions no, like never. that. But but the fact that he is on brand like that at all times, like, you know what, man? I, I commend him. At the, least. The grind doesn't <laughs> stop. The grind just does not stop. 
you Dude, know. It, it never has. <laughs> it never has. I love how too that there's like already been like a couple albums this year. Like the two I'm thinking of is this one and um the the Young Thug album, where like the intro track all has like they they have a fucking like audio recording of like a call to jail, so that way they can talk <laughs> and have it be put on the album. <laughs> I'm like honestly based. <laughs> Oh, it's fucking crazy. But there you have it, though, with the new week. The last week of 2023, we're done. Like I said, other than the other two or one or two that we'll cover on the best of episode, we are finished with the year. Um, Before we go, though, album recommendations. Sebastian, do you want to go first? Yeah, I honestly, I'm just going to recommend a whole ass artist at this point. Um, because I was just at a concert, so that's why I'm a, a little bit more slap happy today than usual. <laughs> I had like a, I had like a four hour drive, and I got home at like one, like two in the morning. So like I, I'm pretty tired. But um, yeah, I saw yesterday the Kiss of Death tour with Ice Nine Kills, New Year's Day, Avatar, In This Moment, and all the bands performed pretty damn well. But the biggest standout was In This Moment. Obviously, I knew Ice Nine was gonna be bringing in the theatrics and stuff. But in this moment, completely, completely walked away with the fucking, like, metal that night, for me at least. Um, Maria Brink, as a vocalist, I have felt like she has just completely revamped her whole image, her whole vocal style, for the better. She sounds so fucking good live. When I first heard her... Uh, singing live yesterday, I thought it was straight up fucking auto-tune, and just like, not even auto-tune, sorry, like, just like a track, um... And it it wasn't, like, her singing and just lip-syncing, and I was like, oh, no. And then I realized, oh, wait, that's just a slight bit of, like, you know, the background singers and then, like, another thing over the top. And then once it was, like, isolated and less um, less effect-driven, because there was a lot of songs where she would, like, go back and forth on it, it was really, really fucking spectacular. Oh, my God. I have never heard a vocalist that fucking just on fucking pitch and also just that consistent i because like i can tell when someone's like lip syncing or relying too heavily on backing stuff i mean at least like i've just i've just seen it so many times where i'm like okay i can point this out now and she just rocked it completely oh my god like she just she was like she held that stage like by the fucking balls like nails piercing and everything like just completely had the audience on her fucking finger and i i cannot express to you how intimidated i was hearing such a fucking great vocalist like that live i just i've gained a new appreciation the music has never been my favorite this is more for my partner but i i walked away with just a, an appreciation that i didn't have before so please for the love of god check out in this moment they are tearing it the fuck up like this is the scene queen to see right now i like that the scene queen to see <laughs> yeah a little bit of alliteration but y'all get the point obviously there's a lot of great scene queens out there like new year's day is also really good obviously but like yeah in this moment fucking destroyed everyone else that night you're like in this moment fucks gotta love yeah it, that is awesome hell yeah for me uh last week I recommended a, an album in a genre, black metal, that I don't typically, you know, listen to. And this week, I got another genre that I don't typically listen to. This is a little bit of an alternative country album. Boom. Uh, from Faye Webster, uh, Atlanta Millionaires Club. 
Uh, I randomly came across her. I think, what was I doing? What I usually do for album a day is that like, I'll look up an artist. That's like a main one. And um, I think the one I did, yeah, I did Pink Panthers. And then I wanted to look at like the similar artist area on Spotify. Like what does it say again? It says the uh, fans also like. And the second one I saw was Faye Webster. And I was like, huh, never heard of her, but let's give this album a try. Album cover looks a little weird, but it's only 31 minutes. And the best way I can describe this album and like really how it's even described online that like it's perfectly put it's alternative country with a blend of R and B and indie folk and folk pop kind of thing. You know, like there are definitely the songs that have that very country twang to it and everything a little bit on the slower end of things too. Um, such as, uh, I believe it was like Kingston and what used to be mine and flowers um, actually, no, not Flowers, uh, 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 Johnny, Johnny on there. Uh, that has kind of like the traditional sound to it, but I'm pretty sure there was also ones like, I think it was either Hurts Me Too or Pigeon. It had a really just like groovy R&B, R&B like guitar lick to it. And then like, you know, she's like kind of just like singing over that with like a very slight little like country, like, you know, acoustic guitar playing in the background too and it's like the blend of that the genre blend is like crazy and especially with how good it sounds like she kills it with that um other songs in here i enjoyed room temperature uh come to atlanta johnny like i mentioned um only song i will say and this is the only critique i'm going to give it on flowers it would have been such a great song if the feature father was not on the album because holy shit does he ruin that song he like is supposed to be like the i think he's like rapping if i recall kind of thing you know like a light like oh how do i put it it's not exactly this but it reminded me of just like corny 90s hip-hop rapping you know the flow of it really it's the flow of how he was doing it and it just did not work and he's there for a minute too long so it really ruined it. But other than that, the song sounded great. It just sucks that like one part had to really fuck it up. But needless to say, nevertheless, I should say, it's still a banger of an album and definitely worth checking out. That is Faye Webster, Atlanta Millionaires Club. And there you have it. That has been, though, the episode. Sebastian, as always, thank you for joining. Yeah, yeah. Trying spirit. Thanks for being here. And yeah, this has been a music corner for State of Ways, And we are.